Welcome to Log It. This is episode four. I'm Caleb. Ian, how are you? Episode four. Ahoy, sexy. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> nice. Ahoy there. You know, they said we wouldn't make it to four, you know? That's true. All the haters tried to put us down. Really showed them. They said four episodes. Doubt it. Well, here we are. Caleb. Caleb. We're doing great. I'm going to speak for both of us. We're doing great. Yeah, I'm I'm having a lot of fun doing this. Um, it's been very fun. I think we'll go at least 10. I'm shooting for 10. I, I'd like to get a good round number like 10. Double digits maybe seems mm-hmm. something to be proud of. I did 10 episodes of a podcast that uh, a few people listen to. We have to. more than a few. It's a few, <laughs> few. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Not to brag or anything, but let's just say double digits for listeners. Done. You got a little dust on your shoulder, Caleb. Mm, I love uh, it. Ian. Yes. We're going to have a shorter episode. I, I have a confession. Last week I had a confrontation. This week I have a confession. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy how... Um, the con- confrontation started with you being like, hey, why are you getting on my case for watching so many movies? No, and I didn't watch any. I, went, I, I was going to say, what, what happened this week, Caleb? Lesson. It's like, mm, oh, you, want, I, you, you know, don't want to watch movies all day? Fine, this is what happens. You <laughs> you keep me so <laughs> humble. Like, this is what a good friend does. Like That's what I love about you the most. Puts uh-huh. you down a little bit. Enough. You're constantly chipping <laughs> yeah, away at me. Are you sure yeah. about yourself? <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I just it was just a busy week, and um, mm-hmm. it's been a lot of fun editing the podcast, but um, it takes a little bit of time, so I just am working out the schedule, but it won't happen again. Yeah, life happens, will, you know? Um, and either way. The important thing is I did watch Francis Ha, so the, the, to reveal what we're talking about, only... Mm. The only movie I was able to watch this week was Francis Ha. Um, Probably the most important movie uh, of the week. Yes. You know? And it was it was great. If I only could watch one movie this week, I would have watched Francis Ha because I really enjoyed it. I don't want to say too much before we get into it. Ringing endorsement. Yeah. Let's, but I did really Let's calm down. Um, but I guess um, mm. it's a good chance to address. I think last week we kind of talked about our vision for the podcast a little bit. And I think that yeah. um, it'd be good to talk now. So we kind of um, talked about this and and we decided there are going to be weeks where we don't watch as many movies. And it's just not, you know, yeah. it's just going to be part of the fun. Because I think the the more I think about it, four, four movies a week is quite an undertaking, especially when you kind of want to you really want to marinate on these movies, you know, you want to, you want to give something, you want to have something to talk about. So yeah, there, there might be, there might be weeks where we don't watch that, that many and that that's fine. I think let's not, let's not beat ourselves up. I don't want to, I don't want to, um, this isn't meant to be, this isn't meant to be a painful homework assignment. This is about the joy of movies. Last time I checked, this was for fun. Exactly. Mm -hmm. the, The love of, putting a movie on and and just having a great time oh, the love escaping getting away for a minute the clicks of the of the film feeling reel, connected the to other scent humans of popcorn and, and just feeling yes. connected to the world again the the fizz of your of your freshly poured 
Coca-Cola. Yeah. Popping. That's that's what this podcast is about, you know? Greasy butter popcorn. Right? It is, it right? Is, though, truly, I hope. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's going to be, if, if not yet. We're getting there. Um, no, so... Uh, so just Francis Hoff for me. So that's um let's just use that to kick off uh the last four. That's mine. Um no spoilers you, you picked this mm-hmm. movie. Um and I, I really enjoyed I did, it. I've yeah. seen it a few times before, but I, I love mm-hmm. it. I mean, it. It was um it's another good one that um we'll talk about more in a minute. Uh Ian, yeah, you watched yeah. more than one movie this week. What are your last four? I did my allotted four. Here we go. I uh the first movie that I watched, I watched in theater. That is the newest uh, Guardians, the newest, the newest entry oh, of the MCU. We got a current movie. We have something uh, relevant. Yeah, I went to the movies. I um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I saw that movie in theaters. I waited for my wife to go to sleep <laughs> so I could go catch a ten o'clock nice. showing, and I drove all the way to the Northgate Mall. Nice. I enjoyed it, Caleb. I enjoyed I've it a heard lot. Good things, but before I get into, let me let me list yeah, the other movies. Please. After that, man, I, I I've been venturing into some black and white territory because after that I watched some like it hot, nineteen fifty nine. Okay, fun. Yeah, Marilyn Monroe. That's very fun. Front and center. Yeah. Um, directed by Billy Wilder. Have you have you heard of him? Do you know of his movies? Uh, say it again. You cut sure out you have. for me just for a second. Yeah, so I watched. Uh, um, let me start sure. from the, yeah, from yeah, the top. And then after Guardians, I watched Some Like It Hot, nineteen fifty nine, directed by Billy Wilder. Nice. Do you recognize that name? Yeah, I definitely do. I couldn't tell you much. Yeah, he directed two really, really good movies. One of my favorites being Sunset Boulevard, and the other being The Apartment. Those are two like. If you haven't watched those, those those are those are A plus films. And this was this was a this was a definite romp, and uh, we can get into. After that, I watched Francis Ha, which Caleb touched on, and then finally, I went back into the WACU, the Wes Anderson Cinematic yeah. Universe. I watched the Royal Tennies, Royal Tenenbaums. Ah, nice. Yeah. And that's it for me. That's all she wrote, Caleb. Those are my four. Any questions? Any yeah, questions? so we watched yeah. um, Rushmore for our feature film of the week uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, how did it compare? Like, How how, how was uh, Revisiting Royal Tenenbaums? So remember when I said uh, after Rushmore, I said that that was my favorite? Yeah. Not anymore. Well, guess what, <laughs> <Yeah>. baby? Guess <laughs> <Nice>. what? <laughs> Recency bias, yeah. a little thing called recency thing. bias. I it, in it's kind of crazy because it is this is like his first ensemble cast, you know. He's got Ben Stiller, ever heard of him? Gwyneth Paltrow, ever heard of her? Yeah, Jane Hackman, ever heard of him? Yep, Angelica Houston. Mm. Speaking of her, extremely, extremely attractive in this movie. <laughs> Well, maybe okay. Maybe I'm taking a little too far. She was, she's just, she's a striking person. She's, she's very alluring. Yeah, and I was watching it with my wife, and she was like, "Dang, she just got a really great Who's energy." That? I feel like hers, uh, Morticia Adams, is also just very, just a ton of um, classic role, awesome presence. But wait, there's more. 
Luke Wilson, Owen Wilson, Bill Murray, Danny Glover, Alec Baldwin is the narrator. Oh my gosh, weird. Uh, you know that's obvious, but yeah, I don't uh, ever picture him as a narrator. He has a great uh, narr- narration voice. Really, yeah, really solid. Awful trigger finger. <sighs> okay, well. All right. Um, <laughs> man, you kind of threw me through a loop there. I should have known. Uh <laughs> Leave this in, by the way. <laughs> I know you're editing it. You can't. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm like stuck now. Um, yeah, he's a... Okay. Uh, no, it, it's, it's a great movie. And I think... Uh, I think... So I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna, I'm gonna to go through his whole movies, I think, until, until Asteroid City comes. I've been doing that a lot, just kind of going movie by movie. That's awesome. And it's kind of crazy. Not crazy. It's very cool how he's able, not even cool. It's just a thing that he's able to have such a cast of characters, but give them all like pretty solid screen yeah. time. I mean, that, that has, there has to be some craft in that. It's pretty crazy, but yeah. Um, great movie. Once again, a great soundtrack. All the performances are really good. Luke Wilson is like very, I was trying to, I was trying to, f- think of like why isn't this guy in movies anymore he kind of just he kind of like fell away but then you know he's also just thinking about it he's like the same character in every movie he's kind of like that quiet reserved stoic character but it works and it works in the yeah it works in the west movies and he has like people to play off of like owen wilson is his his character eli cash is just like um like a chaotic figure it's a great it's a it's uh it's a great movie Bill Murray's awesome. It is a um, uh, it is a fun role for Luke Wilson because he does um, it does give him a little bit more um, a bit little bit more to work with because he's usually just like a guy in jeans and a t shirt kind of vibe and the fact that he's got um, kind of more of a he's character to work with is kind of fun. I, I've never really thought about that. Yeah, and and a pretty pretty intense role. Yeah, too. Oh yeah, That's I don't like, want to give anything that, away, but like his character kind of goes through in this is, movie. Is so heavy. It's, it's a little heavy handed with the Elliot it's a, Smith. It's very on like. the nose. <laughs> but regardless, it it's it's yeah. awesome. Or not <clears throat> not awesome. Hold on. But really good. And Gene Hackman is just he's he's like the um I was gonna say fun uncle, but he's <laughs> the dad. So that doesn't the, work. Um, the montage of him and he's a the kids is Dude, so with the fun. Two, oh my that I was gonna say that's probably one of my favorite. And that kid actor, the kid that so there's two Ben Stiller has uh two boys in this movie, Ari and Uzi. And I believe the kid that plays Ari Tenenbaum is just dude, he's so good. I love him. He's such and they're all in the red track suits, very iconic as well. Classic, yeah, yeah. Tell me about some like it hot. Did you like it hot? <sighs> so I so like I said, I love the director. Okay, yeah. Sunset Boulevard, The Apartment. Yep. Watchless. Truly amazing movies that are like probably like AFI like top one hundred. Like they're definitely in that in the mix. I don't know where they land. If you you know, but they're in there. Yeah. Trust me. Okay. I, I trust. I'm like it hot. I think it's an iconic movie given the um, 
the just the Marilyn Monroe of it all. Like, I think this is I don't look I, I didn't do any research. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I think people argue or not argue, but I think people say like this is her best role. I haven't seen any other Marilyn Monroe movies. Um Except I did see All About Eve where she's like in it for which is a movie in the from 1950 and I think she's in it for like maybe a couple of scenes. Mm-hmm. But some like a hot she's like one of the main characters. Like, you know, she's on the movie poster. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it as a piece of like, um, I guess, like film history, like like Jack Lemon and Tony Curtis, who are the other two leads. They're, they're really great in this movie, but the movie's like too horny, Caleb. It's too (laughs) horny of a movie. Yeah. It's a movie from 1959. So a lot of like the sexual politics in it are obviously very outdated and Uh problematic. Regardless, it is a fun, it's like a fun watch. Cool. But a couple of times I kind of paused it because I was like, hmm. It's a little comfortable right now. <laughs> like essentially the gist is takes place in like the thirties uh, during the, um, God help me out here, Caleb. Um, on. One of the world wars. Give me one. During second. the, um, no, the De- great depression. What's... Thank you. Let me, let me take it from the top. <laughs> Three, two, one. Okay. So the movie, mm-hmm. uh, Tony Curtis, Jack Lemon, um, they're, they're two like um, they're two uh, traveling musicians. They witness a mob hit and then they have to go on the run. Mm-hmm. So they join an all girl band and they they themselves dress up as girls. OK. Right? Yeah. The band, the, the the band, the all women, all female band travel to Florida to play at a concert or something. They're part of the band. Tony Curtis, one of the characters, yeah. falls in love with Marilyn Monroe, who is in the band. And then hijinks kind of ensue mm. because he's horny for her, Caleb. <laughs> yeah. So is Jack Lemmon's character. They're both very, very horny for Ma- Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. But they can't show it because they're supposed to be girls. Yeah. And you can see how it gets like a little complicated. Uh, yeah. There's a there's a, a character named Osgood uh, played by Joey Brown. Uh-huh. Joe E. Brown. Um. And I guess I think he was a uh, comedic actor. I guess he was, but like, <laughs> there's just a lot of like spanking of butts, you know, and just like, whoa, between, you should not be doing that. between girls, quote yeah. unquote, like, but actually, one of them's no, a guy like, too, though. Real quick, so the 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 band, the all female band, goes uh-huh. to Florida to play a concert, as yeah. I as I said, and uh, the the camera they arrive, the camera cuts to all these old men uh-huh. the girls are tra- they're going up to the hotel they're staying at and one of the guys spanks actually you know they, no it's he the the guy um joe his name is osgood spanks jack lemon's character so it's like supposed to be like okay the but guy, guy spank. he thinks it's a woman he's, and he spanks her on the butt, to, yes <laughs> marilyn monroe is extremely attractive yeah. um she's also i think she's really good it's also it's a complicated movie too because her character is constantly being like, "I'm I'm stupid. I'm I'm the dumb one." Like constantly belittling belittling herself, and it just made me very sad for Marilyn Monroe just because of what we know of her as a person and kind of what she went through yeah. uh, as an actress. And 
Uh, so that actually like <laughs> made me very, very sad. Uh, but I thought she was really good. Yeah. Like, like she, 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 it was a great performance with what she was given. Yeah. I think I was more just kind of curious because I also love Jack Lemmon. He's in, he's in the apartment and he's, he's really, really great in that movie. He's a hilarious actor. Um, he's in the odd couple recommend- as well. That's right. That right. Yeah. Cool. I actually, I don't know. <laughs> I think so. I like the odd couple a lot. I'm pretty sure that's him as well. Yeah, he's uh oh he's in Glen Gary Glen Ross, Caleb. Yeah. He's like you would you would know him if you saw him. Yeah, and he know? is in the odd couple. He's um the nineteen sixty eight odd couple with Walter Matthau, because there's been a few um versions of that. But that's awesome. Again, like great like not it, it's actually a good movie. It's a great movie, actually. It felt um uh I was just comparing it to Psycho. And the acting felt, I think you were talking about, um, what's his name? The uh, main actor or one of the... Uh, Anthony Perkins. Right. You were saying in the entire movie, like him out of all the other actors is like the most modern. I feel like this movie and it takes place, uh, I think it's a year before, I think Psycho came out in 1960. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So nineteen, so literally just a year before, but it did feel like a lot more modern. I don't know. Like there wasn't any of those like weird... Um, stuttered takes that actors mm-hmm. those um those uh, reaction shots. Yeah, I guess there was no need for it, but yeah, there was something about this movie too. I don't know what it was. I couldn't tell you, but yeah, but yeah, I've wanted to watch more of her movies. So this is a good uh, a good uh, entry it's, point. It's crazy because she's such an iconic person. Oh yeah, like she's literally part of the the like cinematic lexicon yeah does that make sense oh yeah totally sure what is the movie where her skirt blows up is that some like it hot oh no it's not it's not some like it hot. okay no, okay cool. but yeah i just know her as like kind as like the sex symbol yeah. you know not some not as not as an actor and i didn't know i don't know if she um because she sings a couple times in some like a hot she has a beautiful okay. voice i don't know if that was really her it didn't look like it was dubbed over but is it a musical? But, yeah. No, it's not. I could. Yeah. They're I just random. Random. Well, it's because it's a band. So there's like a few oh, like musical duh, performances. Duh. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Cool. That's a, that was a fun one. I would definitely, um, that's one I'll definitely try to watch soon. Um, sounds cool. I believe and, it's um, on HBO. That's how I watched it. Watch that. And I, again, like I said, watch sunset Boulevard and watch the apartment, like watch those three. Cause I, cool. those are, um, those are like three of Billy Wilder's like, <clears throat> like most popular movies. Well, that's a triple so watch list, then a triple ding, because I will watch them. Um, ding it, baby! Yeah, that's a good, good tips. That was well, that was awesome. Well, I think that pretty much. Oh, does really it. quick, can oh, I please, say something? Yeah, really fast? please go ahead, Caleb. Before we move on, real quick, I want to touch on Guardians, just because I think you and I, we've had um. We've had our problems with the MCU as of late. I, I am a fan. I'm a staunch supporter. I like superhero movies. Sue me. Okay, lock me up. Throw away the key. Okay, Ian likes superhero movies. Big deal. Who cares? Print it. Print it. Put it in the paper. Extra, extra. Ian likes superhero movies. Big whoop. <laughs> so, yeah, I even liked 
the like the last couple entries. I liked a few of them. Just into Marvel in general, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. But man, this one was good, Caleb. So I'm very excited for this. Yeah. I think you should be. I also good. I, I also have been fairly disappointed with recent um mm. Marvel superhero movies specifically, but kind of all of them, kind of all the the whole scene. Um Yeah. But I'm excited. So I love the first two. I think they're probably close to, if not my favorite, like superhero Marvel movies. Um, Right. And um, I guess I just. um, Does it save Marvel or is this just a great ending to that great trilogy? I think it feels more like a capper on the trilogy trilogy. It doesn't really it doesn't really set anything up, which I actually like. Because a lot of the a lot of these Marvel movies, there's like I think this is like the 32nd movie, Caleb. How crazy! Like, That's it's wild. That's truly, truly wild. It's, it's bonkers. <clears throat> um, and I think the problem with a lot of these movies is that they have to put like kind of an something at the end of the movie that will like that trajects the like whatever they have planned for the for the upcoming movies, right? Yeah, totally. But this kind of this felt more like a farewell because he's leaving. Uh, he's going to go ahead. He's doing, he's heading all of the DC movies. So it actually is strange. Cause I wonder like, like, I don't know if this is like a signal, like, Oh, Marvel is back because the director is leaving it's to go work for the competitor. Last movie. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but I don't know. It, 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 it'll be interesting. I think, I don't even know what I don't even know what the upcoming movies are. So it's kind of hard to tell, hard to gauge. It feels like it's like a very sincere movie. I, I, I can't, I'm trying to remember the other James Gunn movie, like the other Guardians movies. And I don't are they sincere? I don't know. But like there's something about this one that I think because it's his kind of it's his farewell and kind of put everything into it. Uh, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I would, I would definitely say the first two have a lot of um, sincere moments. They definitely have a lot of like right. um, subversive humor, um, mm. but like the endings generally. And the second one deals a lot with his dad and his mom, um, and that one okay. is very uh, gets very heavy. Real quick, yeah, real quick, yeah. So this, the thing I actually like the most about this movie is that, um, it's not about like they're not trying to save the world. They're literally trying to save a friend. So like one of the characters mm. of the group gets like mortally wounded. So the entire movie is based around them trying to save this friend, which is okay, like, cool. You know, you get a lot more emotional pull. There's like, there's actual stakes to the movie. You feel yeah. like the stakes of the film. Cause end of the world, end of the world stakes are pretty exhausted at this it's, point. It's kind of hard. You're just like, Oh, oh, oh here we go again. Well, that's probably not going to happen, right. but let's see what, what happens. Exactly. There's no <laughs> yeah. stakes. Cause you know what the, you know what the ending is going to, you know how it's going to turn out. Whereas this movie, it's the end, it's the end of the trilogy. So you're like, these characters could die. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's supposed to happen. There, there isn't like a, a blue, um, there isn't a plan in place because these characters are, most of them are, excuse me, are leaving. They've like said they were going to leave. So I'm like, anything can happen. So, so as a viewer, you're like, who, who knows what's going to happen at the end of this movie. But so I really enjoyed that. Um, another, another uh, James Gunn thing is like his soundtracks in the guardians movies. This one is like the most erratic of all of them, but as some, has some great needle drops. 
Um, also, it's extremely violent. It's kind of crazy. There's also, I don't know if you saw, but this one has the first MCU uh, F-bomb. Wow. Yeah. And I, I didn't know because I guess for, for PG-13 movies, you can have one F-bomb. Yeah, not sexual one has it. context, it's, it's right? Ama- yeah, it's amazingly placed. Um, and it's also, there's a, it's a pretty brutal movie. There's a lot of animal cruelty in this movie. <laughs> So I think if uh, that's something that you're not into, it's a little uh, not graphic, but it's like brutal. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't really know any other word to extreme to say. Well, a big, a big storyline. I don't know anything about the movie just from the trailers, but it seems like a big storyline right. is Rocket Raccoon's uh, bingo. That's the origin mm-hmm. story, basically, which seems like there's probably got to be a lot of, you know, he's a robotic, you know, animal. So Right. It's crazy how um, I uh, it's crazy how I teared up over a talking raccoon, Caleb. He's a great character. It's crazy what movies can do to you, you know? Yeah, it's fun. It's magical, isn't it? Uh, oh, talking raccoons. Pure, huh? You're magic these days. Thank what, you. Look at us. Yeah, but uh, it's an awesome. It's an awesome movie. A little long, but what movie isn't these days? Yeah, you know? man. So, Ian, before we move on to our main feature for the week, Francis Ha, um, any last words or thoughts on Guardians? Yes, it was a refreshing viewing just from from the last the last couple MCU entries. It's it's crazy how um, so the, the MCU movies, they're like very structured when they have like a director. It's not really the director like creating the movie. They already have the movie like plotted out there. The director is just there to like help the actors and stuff but mm-hmm. this feels like as much of a blank check movie as you could give like an mcu director and i think that's what they did with james gunn they're like this is your last movie you can essentially do whatever you want like there's like it doesn't feel there's like really like no ties to like any of the future movies it's just a capper on the trilogy so i think that was really refreshing i just like it was it felt like a very contained movie there was no like the world's going to end. We need to like, it's, it's really, it's like if we're not small stakes, but like a lot more contained, a lot more intimate. And like, also like the world building again, if I can compare it to Ant-Man quantum mania, Caleb, like, it's like lit, like, like realized visuals. Does that make sense? Like, it feels like, Oh, yeah. like I know exactly what he was trying to do. And it doesn't feel like there is a lot of like CGI goop, like in terms of like, like a lot of CGI, but it mm-hmm. it feels it all feels um there's a clear vision yeah like a clear vision thank you so that was really refreshing the soundtrack is awesome like in comparison to mm-hmm. the other three it's like the most erratic of all three it doesn't feel like there's like a clear like vision on on the songs that he chooses it just seems like he's like i just okay. love these songs i want to put them in this movie it's my final movie but that was yeah. that was fine too um i thought this was chris pratt's best the best guardians movie like he's like there's like Interesting. yeah there's like right, some cool. emotional stuff where you're like whoa like he really put it all out there um uh and i know like i know some people have their issues with him but it's also good because he's not like the primary focus of the movie it's like the cgi it's rocket raccoon the cgi raccoon it's his movie it's not a star lord movie exactly yeah so i think that might be nice for some people that have their their issues yeah. with him 
yeah, overall, really awesome. It, I'm excited to see what he does for for the DC side because I know he's he's where he just finished Superman or uh, writing the script for for it. But I'm excited regardless. As a human, he bugs me a little bit. He can yeah, right. he can rub me the wrong way. But as a filmmaker, I do think he um he's very talented and makes usually makes really solid movies. Um, yeah. So seeing, I mean, nobody else has done anything decent with any of these. I mean, up, up, up past like Avenger Endgame and like Infinity War. Um, so it'll be interesting to see yeah. what he does with the franchise. Somebody with like a real track record. And I will say what he does, what, what's really, what he does really well in this movie is he essentially ties up all the care. Like he, like, like all the character acts, or the character arcs, excuse me, um, are all really well done. There's, it's just like he, he, he's able to like kind of like tie a bow on each character and it doesn't feel forced. It all feels like very organic and mm-hmm. like well thought out. And I really liked it. So anyway, yeah, well said on to Francis Haw. So today, Caleb, we are going to talk about Francis Ha, a 2012 black and white comedy directed by Noah Baumbach, starring Greta Gerwig. Gerwig? Yeah, that's right. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And Corinne by Baumbach and Greta Gerwig. What'd you think, Caleb? Um... I really enjoyed this. So I've seen this one um, before. This is, mm-hmm. I'd have to look at Letterboxd. I should have, but uh, I don't even think I've logged all these. I think I watched it before, um, but I really like it. I think at different um, points, in, I'm in my um, early 30s now, but through my 20s watching mm-hmm. this movie, I could feel different um, views. Exactly. I saw it from different <laughs> angles and perspectives. And right. it's, a, it's a fun movie to, to experience at different times in your life. Yeah, I think... When I I think I saw it in 2012 when it first came out. I want to say, but yeah. So when I saw it that first time, I I might have been in my my early 20s, just just having moved to Seattle. So oh, I was just nice. like very appropriate. Um. So yeah, now seeing it again, I was like, oh, almost installed. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So to give a little background, real quick, um, this is a 2012 film. It's directed and uh, co-written by Noah Baumbach. His co-writer was the star of the film, Greta Gerwig. Um, Caleb, I said all this. Did you already? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just going to go more into the synopsis, but I was just trying to cover basics. I just wrote down all this. Leave it in. We'll see. Um, But to give a little. Give the uh, give a little uh, context for the story. Greta Gerwig mm. plays Frances Holiday, I think is her full name, or Frances Ha, mm. uh, and she is a spoiler alert. Oh, I didn't even realize that was like a reveal. Um, yeah, it is. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's cool. It did stick out to me this time because that's why I said Holiday. Like, is that right? Because you only see when she once. gets her IRS check, you don't see her full last name. Oh, it just, it I is, think just it Francis is just Francis Ha. Oh, that's I think hilarious. she's like covering it. Great detail. Yeah. I didn't even catch that. Yeah. 
And so uh, she is basically trying to figure out her life. It's clear dancing really isn't working, but she's having a hard time accepting that because she just has so much invested mm-hmm. in it through her youth, it sounds like. Um, yeah. And so we just kind of join her in this like awkward uh, growth stage of life where like she's kind of growing out of her current situation, but isn't moving on, isn't ready to move on yet. Kind of like a some kind of animal. Growing vibe. out of moves home right, growing out of friendships too yeah yeah, yeah per, and and shifting friendships from kind of that youthful mm. um she's got a, a very close friend um that she says is her the same person with different hair uh and that person starts to move on with a, a relationship and grow apart from francis and so that's a big like uh, impetus for the movie and francis's kind of crisis right what was your favorite part of the movie um, I liked, I liked the, um, the early, the very first montage with her and her friend, Sophie. Yeah, that was great. And I was listening to, um, I was listening to an interview with, with Greta Gerwig and she was saying how like that can also be interpreted almost as like a dream, like as hmm. a, like, um, I forgot how she said it, but it was kind of like not knowing like this was the last great day you had as a, as a, as like a group, as like a pairing, as wow. a friendship. That's really cool. I really like that. And it does kind of feel like dreamlike. It seems like so like the perfect day these two would ever have. Yes. So it almost feels like, like almost like a too good to be true. Yeah. Uh, I love that scene. I love <clears throat> when she's, um, when she's kind of hopelessly wandering around Paris, which I feel like is supposed to be, I feel like when a character goes like in an um, impromptu trip, yeah, it's supposed to be like a triumphant, like I yeah. did it. I did something for myself. Like this is great. But for her, it's just like, she's there for 24 hours and she doesn't do a single thing. She, I think she watches, um, puss in boots. <laughs> There's a scene where she orders, where she gets a, a single ticket for puss in boots, which I thought was hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then catch that. <laughs> And then uh, there's like a dinner scene where her and uh, another person uh, in her, like her in her dance troupe, they're like, they're having dinner with all these like intellectual, like people that have like, quote unquote, su- like uh, succeeded. And she's just having a conversation with them. And it's, it's really great. I loved it. What about yeah. you? Yeah. Well, I, I, so the dinner scene you point out is great. Cause that's probably the most like potent scene of the film to me. I don't, I had to walk out because when she starts getting super <sighs> awkward at the beginning, like, it turns out fine and everybody's so nice to her that it's it's like kind of a sweet scene by the end. But just yes. the um, I, I actually wrote that down, but it's just um, it's it was too relatable when you're just talking and you just keep trying to find something to talk about that's like going to connect and you just like can't. And so you just like everyone's just like staring at her. It was just like, oh, it's it was a uh, nailed it. When she asks um one of the guys at the dinner, she or he asks her what she does for work. And then she says, I don't know. And it's hard to like, explain. He's like, why? Cause what you do is complicated. And she's like, no, cause I don't really do what I do, which is extremely heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's cool. Cause it's hinting that she knows, like she sees all the signs that her, her dancing career is kind of wrapping up. Right. But, but I, that also makes the, I, another favorite scene of mine is the, 
the end of it where it's kind of like full circle we'll get to it but i also really enjoy that just 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 because of that conversation yeah yeah did you know that i believe this is where this movie is where greta and noah fell in love that's crazy and actually i did know that from you previously um right and it's super interesting and i was listening to an interview with um Mm. noah bombuck and he uh, was talking about how this movie was heavily inspired by like French new wave cinema, which truthfully I haven't seen like any of, but let me find a quote really fast to add to, to wrap it up, to connect what you were saying. Um, Yeah. There's like a few, I guess in terms of like the filmmaking and also some of the music cues, French new wave music was like a lot of them really fast though. Cause you were talking about them falling in love in an interview with, uh, Peter Bogdanovich they were talking about the French New I saw that one, yeah. inspiration and there was just a quote that kind of stood out to me he said they were talking about how this movie connected to those and he said yeah the way the directors and the actors were either sort of relationships whether they were in mm. relationships or not I know and when he said that too I was like oh interesting it kind of felt a little well, it's cr- it's crazy because so she was in uh, the film before this Greenberg with Ben Stiller um, yeah and that's how that's how they met. And then he wanted to work on a movie with her. Uh, she was writing scripts during the time she was she she was writing this movie. So they would like email each other back and forth scenes. And I feel like that's such like an intimate, like yes, there. I mean, you're really like because this movie it feels um autobiographical for for her. So I I don't know maybe like he's like getting a lot more. It would have been like a get like to know you. To her as a person. Yes, yeah, so yes. It's like almost like, like a, a romantic comedy kind of setup. Yeah. It's like, I'm writing um, a life story. I want you to co-write it with me. And you just get all these intimate insights into their life. I thought it was interesting and very, uh, dare I say, romantic. Yeah. It's, it is fun, yeah. especially um, since it seems um, as like not creepy as it can be. Because sometimes those type of relationships can be a little I weird. Hope. Yeah. Yeah, no, who knows? If anything comes out in the future, we didn't know anything at this time. Everything seemed right. above board. Um, I think they're fine. I don't know. My favorite scene you asked, I yes. would, um, if I could. Um, Please. I really loved Adam Driver's scenes with um, the, his intro scenes. He's great in everything, but specifically when he's in it for like that five minutes uh, section of the movie was just... I just forgot how I miss Adam driver playing charming, cool guys and less like dramatic roles. Cause he's so fun to watch. He's like a little over the top, but it's like perfect. Cause it's like his character is a little full effort. Of yeah, I was going to say like effort, effort, eff, what effortless. He's effortless. effortless. <laughs> oh my God, Caleb. Hold on. Hold on. Let's calm down. He's effortless. Oh my God. He's effortlessly like charming it's crazy yes, it's so fun to watch and i think did you say this was i think we we're talking bef- uh, uh before the the pod um is this before girls or is this after girls excuse I me i think this is after girls because i knew who, i remember knowing who he was when i watched this because i, I like right. i can't season girls is he the same character i feel like there's like it's a, like a transplant it feels like it was like um, like a carbon copy. It feels like it was probably an archetype of like the cool guy mm. who's like kind of got enough money where he can just be cool and not have to worry about anything. In New York, because I feel like that's a very New York cliche. Um, right. 
thing, but I don't know. Very similar. Yeah, I love that. Uh, so she, her and Sophie kind of have, um, well, like like they grow apart, not grow apart, but um, Sophie moves. They used to live together. Sophie moves. So she has to find a place to stay. So she, um, she, uh, so she moves in with uh, Adam Driver's character and uh, named Lev and uh, Benji. Yeah. Lev's roommate. I love, I loved, I loved all three of them together. I felt like that's such a, um, there, it was like a, I like, a, like a non-sexual like hum throughout the, like there was like a lot of, um, chemistry not like sexual like chemistry thank yeah, you yeah, there's a lot totally. of chemistry but it wasn't it wasn't like sexual it was just like with benji a little bit and that definitely well, yeah it definitely uh-huh. seems like he's the guy at the end she connects with when she's figuring things out yeah real quick there's um yeah there's a scene where she's sleeping and then the two of them like jump on her bed and stuff that would piss me off don't don't do that uh-huh. you know Oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Benji loved to jump in her bed, and that bugged me. Yeah. I was like, dude, get out of her bed! Like something. Get so- out of her bed, and you probably just came back from the subway. You're wearing your subway <laughs> you clothes. This is nasty. That's recipes. disgusting. <laughs> That's disgusting. But yeah, the, their relationship I really enjoyed. Benji constantly is talking about like, oh yeah, I'm just writing a script for SNL, just like the, like the like. I can relate to that. Just yes. being like, yeah, like I'm going to work on something. Like I'm really, I'm really stoked about it, but then having no follow through yes. and then just being a complete, like, isn't that just part of your twenties? Right. Just, Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, yeah. I love yeah, that. Definitely. And then, uh, it seems like later he didn't get it and he goes, Oh, SNL has been bad for years. And he's like, yeah, how did exactly. SNL skits just go? And he's like, Oh, down. they've been yeah. going downhill for years. It's like, Oh, and then, Oh, I forgot. He said he was working on a movie and it was like for like a sequel to some, some garbage movie. Anyway, yeah. that doesn't matter. And then but, he also says, he's like, I should hook you up with my uh, friend who's a musician or, or, or he's doing a music yeah. video. Uh, you're so yes. good at dancing. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, I loved um, the first night that they all hang out together and they have a friend over two girls come over uh that are like kind of his little double date kind They're of the date. yeah right. and then the girls leave and then it's just benji and lev they're all together and uh greta uh francis all together and it's just kind of like they're like the the like married couple after the party uh-huh. kind of like ah what a fun night you guys <laughs> and she just like totally like ingratiated herself in like a day so it's cute yeah. peak 20 like this is 2012 right so yeah it's like it's is this peak like hipster territory because because when you when you meet Lev for the first time he's wearing uh V neck yeah. deep V neck oh yeah the deep V uh, cardigan cardigan <laughs> yeah and then a um what do you call those hats not a top hat uh, what is fedora it kind of like a fedora yeah I'm like whoa <laughs> I was like this is 2012 crazy yeah and especially 2012 New York just like. I, I don't I don't know what New York was like, but I feel like that was the beginning of gentrification throughout the city. Yeah. So you have all these all these people moving there, um, trying to uh, make it make it in in one of the uh, you know one of the big cities industries, whether it's art or entertainment. I love when he is uh, he sees Sophie and Francis Adam Driver's character Lev, and mm. he is um, leaving. And he um, puts his glasses on and he says, catch you on the flip side. And then like so winks good. and then walks out. And then I can't remember who's with Greta. 
or with Francis, but they're like, Oh, Sophie. Yeah. He's like, he's taking his motorcycle. Transportation is his thing. He's got a car yeah. and a bike. And he's just listing off all these like other vehicles he has. Oh, no, I think that was Benji. Yeah. It was Benji. It was just so, it's just yeah. that line. Transportation is his thing was so funny to me for some reason. Yeah. Uh, I just, I also like the reality of just being, being broke in, in a big city. I think like right that scene that you were just talking about right before that oh, we're talking rent. about rent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was great. And like that kind of like gave me anxiety attacks. I'm like, yes. oh my god, like like I I I totally know what that feels like when he's like, oh, you owe me eight. What was it like? He's like twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. She's like, I thought we said nine fifty. And he's like, no, that's for the. And I just I I just um my my heart stopped, Caleb. I like that they put her in situations where she looks bad too. Like, like that person who's like not able to pay full rent. It's always kind of like awkward. You're like, no, no, it's cool. It's cool. And they're like, I'll get it next month. They're like, it's fine. Yeah. Like, don't even worry. Like we're cool. Or she's broke. She gets an IRS check, like a re a tax rebate. And then she immediately goes out Let's to, go dinner. to dinner like that. Uh-huh. And then, and I then can't she can't, rent. she, she no, not even that. But she can't pay for dinner, so she runs to <laughs> yeah. an ATM to get money out, oh, and then the the part. camera just pauses on her because the the screen says like three dollar like transaction oh, fee in order to get money out. Like literally, she's just like hovering over the screen, like do I do it? And she's like, what is she gonna do? Find another eight? Like she ran like yeah. That part was so funny and relatable. The ATM fees. Oh, for sure. Those are. Those are garbage. Um, what do you think about Francis, like as a character? Like she has, um, and she's a big goofball, Caleb. She does play fighting. She just says things. She's just um, one could say random. She's a random. What do you think? Like, did that did you, did that work for you? There are like parts of it where I'm like, Francis, like, can you get a can you get a grip, please? And then other points other points where I'm like, of course, how could you not love this person? How could you not want to just like be in her aura and her pull, even though she's, she's just um, kind of like, she's like aimlessly like figuring everything out. <laughs> yeah. I think um, I definitely liked her in the movie a lot. Obviously, like you're saying, I'm trying to think, of how because there are times where like like i was saying the scene where she can't pay rent i'm like i'm more on the side of the guys and if anything i would have been like more rude to her now in my life than they were where i'd have been a little more like oh really you've been like no we agreed well, if, we'd, if, if we'd agreed on his price i wouldn't have made it sure. i wouldn't have said i wouldn't have forgotten probably but if somebody was yeah. like hey i'm short on rent and you're like why like didn't you like didn't you just go you to would like, hold a grudge i'd be a saying. little just like like get your dish together dude like but then I, it's super hypocritical would, in me now because in my 20s you know, i you know like we're saying um so i guess what i'm saying is though i i feel that energy in which you owe me money <laughs> probably um, <laughs> no but you're um, so what would happen is you would come home and you would start labeling all the food that you bought is what you're saying yeah it, or it would just be more just like um anytime like like when in that scene she's laying on the couch while they're talking to her about rent and i'm like well why are you on the couch right now if you knew but again they had this set upon price so that was a bad example but i still felt i still felt that kind of like and they're all rich kids with like parents paying for everything so it's it's funny that you say that no no no, i agree because a part of me like watching it now and i don't think i had this feeling when i initially watched it the first time when it came out but um 
I'm just like, you're broke. Go get to get a job. Like, yeah. go, like, like, can you please like, um, uh, kind of rise above what you think you're supposed to be doing with your life and yep. just get, just get, get a food job or get, get a, get a food service job. You should be able to make then, up two fifty a month with yeah, a side job. That's like, like that's not that much money, mm-hmm. even especially in 2012. I guess it would have been more back then. Like you yeah. got to hustle, man. You got to hustle to make it sometimes, especially in New York. What are you doing? See, and then now, now though, are we old grumpy people when we say, are we? <laughs> I don't think so. I think we're responsible. Yeah. I think we're maybe. responsible. Um, oh, real quick before yeah. we, um, or maybe we can talk about this later, but I also loved, 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 loved the, um, the back to Sacramento little montage yeah, when she yeah. goes home for Christmas. I loved that so much. I loved and quick fact. Yep. So she goes home for Christmas. She's from Sacramento and the whole montage is her basically being with her family, kind of the family traditions around the holiday. She gets to see her friends, but the parents uh, are her parents, her actual parents, which I love because you can also you can see that you can like, there's like little, um, uh, I thought I took notes, but you can kind of just see that in the interactions, I guess. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. No, I was, um, it made a lot of sense. Cause they, they were just kind of like weird, nice people that felt like would, um, create a child like Fr- Francis Ha. And if it's based on Greta Gerwig, it makes sense that they had that similar like energy. They just like really nice kind sure. of unique, fun people. Nurturing parents that were like, yeah, go, go follow your dream. Yeah. Then just like, and it's um <clears throat> one thing that really touched me about that scene that hadn't uh, before is seeing um when we're seeing her in New York in the first half of the movie, we're seeing kind of like a fish out of water classic thing. It almost feels like where she's not quite clicking with anybody and like her life's not really working um and like she tells jokes and people are kind of like huh like are you funny you know like i don't i'm not sure i understand your vibe then she then she goes home and you get to see her in like her natural environment with people who like get her right and it's, so it's like really sweet to see her like being goofy and weird and and everybody just kind of laughing and people showing them pictures on her phone and being like we can send you this one and she's like yeah send me a cop i, just, I don't know it, was, it um it really created the feeling of she's more comfortable in her element and in a backward sense, this like feeling of loneliness and like somebody who's like out of their element in New York right now. Right. Cause like, Oh, she is like all these things that she's trying to do in New York. She like can't do. She just hasn't like figured it out yet. Right. She's going through so many transitions. Like she mm-hmm. just, you know, lost a friend. She's trying to figure out work. But when you go back home, like, and that's how I feel when I go back home, I feel like so comfortable. So like, yeah, at peace with like, like my life for that however and you can just like joke and people you know people are yeah. gonna either like laugh or just know you're who you are and right. like yeah you right. don't have to second guess what you're saying it's funny i wonder because sophie is like her her friend from the beginning of the movie i w- i wonder what their first like interactions because they went to call i guess it's it's it said in the movie that they went to college together but mm-hmm. i wonder um how they hit it off because oh another thing the cool thing about this movie um was that so Noah Baumbach, the director? So he just did he did a couple movies. He he did Greenberg before mm-hmm. this and, and another one. Um, but his first movie was in nineteen that he directed was nineteen ninety five, Kicking and Screaming. That's right. Uh, Greenberg was two thousand ten. 
recently he did Marriage Story in 2019 and then um, White Noise in 2022, which White Noise is a crazy movie. Um, And I I haven't seen it. It's an it's a book adaptation, right? I think so. It's I really liked it. And then last quick thing, he co-wrote two Wes Anderson movies, Life Aquatic and Fantastic Mr. Fox. That's right. Just to give a little background on that, a little Mm -hmm. filmography. He also did the Meyerowitz stories on Netflix. Yeah, which I I wanted to watch. You liked it? Yeah, but it's you have to watch list it. All right, seriously, watch list. Amazing. Um, Dang it. Um. Oh, but yeah, he kind of like wanted to try something new. Like, as you said, he was like really influenced by French new wave films, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> um, and so this whole movie, so it was like a $2 million production, which wow. in for movies is extremely nothing. like, that's a, that's like nothing. Um, very small production. They shot it in black and white. Yeah. And something that I, I thought was cool was that they shot the entire film on a Canon EOS 5D Mark II, yeah. which is like it, that. The, it's like one of those. Um, it's like a handheld digital, not a handheld digital camera, but like it looks like it's like a consumer photography camera that also does really great video. Exactly. Yes. And so the exactly. fun thing with the 5D, that was like the first cam digital camera, like uh, excuse me, digital consumer camera right. that was capable of shooting like decent uh, HD footage. So that was like, um, that was when digital cameras started like, or consumer digital cameras started crossing over into, um, like television and, um, and movies like this, but that's, that's crazy. I mean, a 5d mark just for, for people who don't have context, a 5d mark II in 2012 was like incredibly common. Like I knew multiple people Mm. who owned one. It's like a film. It's like a, like when you take a class, like that's like one of the cameras they give you. Like, yes. It's like you have your like starter ones. And then when you're ready to get like nicer starter one, that's kind of like where the five D's mm. are. They, um, or were back then, but, um, but it's, it, it's, it's awesome. Like, um, that's, that's crazy. Cause the visuals hold up. It's still a beautiful movie. Cause you're referencing. So he did an interview with Peter Bogdanovich, who's like a really acclaimed filmmaker yep. in the seventies. And they were talking and So he was saying that, uh, I don't know if this is true. Maybe you can you can fact check me on this, but you can't film digital in black and white. Is that right? There may have been like high end um, f- digital cinema cameras that that could, right. but for consumer markets, there were no um, cameras that shot natively black and white. You had to change it in post, so you could only sh- record right. in color. So- and he was saying that that's essentially what he did, right? So he would film in color, but on the monitor, he had it all shot in black and white. So he kind of knew, like, he was able to like reference. He was able to see everything how he wanted to see it. But I think for whatever reason, I don't know what it made it li- look like this, but the film itself, it like looks so smooth. Like there's no like granular texture to the film. It's all like super sm- like silky black and white. Cause when you think of black and white, you think of like movies like psycho where there's like almost like a rough edge to it. Uh-huh. But this is like the complete opposite. It looks like just completely smoothed over. It's really, it's really like, pretty stunning to look at yeah it's it's really pretty um and it sounds like you listened to the same interview i did so you probably heard this too sure did. one sec my mask yeah. um <clears throat> but a really a, a fun thing um the cinematographer mentioned that i really thought was um interesting was when they were shooting they were always looking for silver and they wanted like the silvery shiny black and white feel in the light right there's a few shots 
I wouldn't have used that word to describe it on my own, but where I just really, really um, enjoyed the contrast of the black and white and how, how things glowed kind of like you were saying. Well, he was saying like when he, sh- when they, so they shot uh, in Paris and they're in the Champs, Champs, whatever the it's called, the Champs, whatever. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. I wasn't going to try to Thank say you. it. <laughs> um, but he was saying, no, was saying how, like when you filmed the, like when they were shooting in color, there's all these like really, extremely um like bright neon lights that just made the just look so cheesy but then when you shoot it in when you shot in black and white it it was like perfect like perfect light to capture um like greta and whatever so i thought i I thought that was interesting anyway yeah and um i think he in that interview they said a quote from alfred hitchcock where he said every performance Mm. looks better in black and white and i thought that was kind of fun since we've been watching so much hitchcock stuff a fun little that's kind of that's what he said for psycho too Wait, really? But they said that in that interview, I think, didn't they? You're right. Just cut that. I don't know. Why I said. Wait, that. did they That's say for? It could that could have been the context of why Hitchcock said it though. No, All right, I'll know. cut it. I'll cut it. Maybe. I can leave it in. It's fine. Whatever. Really fast. I've um just yes. one general thought while I was watching this. Really charmed. Yeah, give it to me. Sometimes real cringy. Mm-hmm. This movie. I'm at this point where I'm in my early 30s. I feel life shifting into a new phase, or I feel like I'm on the other half of that shift now. Um, it made me equally nostalgic and grateful. Yes, that my twenties were sure. over. Nostalgic for my twenties oh, and grateful they're over. Where there's sometimes where like like Adam um Adam Driver uh, Lev and um, Benji, awesome. I really enjoyed watching them on screen. But then I was also like, I don't. I'm so glad I'm not around people like this anymore. No offense, these guys yeah. are awesome and and like this like is just, literally people trying to to prove themselves that they're worth that they're worth something yes which is just part of your 20s i did it like that's, oh my god like, yeah. it's not a judgment of anybody going through life figuring things out but it definitely was like i remember this phase where it's just always you gotta be a, like mm-hmm. trying i also like how i don't from for adam driver's character live i don't i don't think they like they try to make it vague about what he does he's just like rich and he works i think he was like ceramics or something but i just like there was not like a like sculptures yeah your sculptures it was just kind of like what what do you do which is very similar to girl his character and girls like you were saying earlier oh is it something like that no and, and his dad is like a famous banker did you catch that this is the first time i noticed that but somebody offhand mentions his dad being a like a really rich Oh. banker investor or something like that which i'd never noticed it before sense. it checks out i mean like he has a motorcycle and a car in new york city like you got he's be. able to fund his his uh his um artistic lifestyle yeah. yeah i thought um here's a question yeah have you been to new york never so does this does this movie do anything for you in terms of like either romanticizing New York or like like did you feel any pull of of the of the Big Apple, Caleb? Where you like I gotta get over there, gotta check out this big city that they call the Big Apple. I gotta take a chunk out of that Big Apple. Not really. I gotta take this. Okay. <laughs> See, where I, I actually have been to New York twice and. You know what it is? It's lonely, Caleb. It it feels like a lonely place. You know, that's what it feels like to me. New York. Yeah, that's kind of how it feels in this movie a little bit. 
It I does. mean, it's definitely like the warmest places in the movie are when she leaves the city. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like when she goes was, to the camp, when she goes home. I also like, so she, um, Greta Gerwig was giving an interview and she was saying that there's a lot of moments where it's just her, like just, just, um, Francis's character mm-hmm. and that you're able to like, because, um, oh, what, how'd she say this? She was like, no, it was more like being able to see someone like alone, like almost like getting their inner monologue because as like people, I wouldn't see just like what you're doing by yourself in that room. Right. If like no like one was there to see you. Not in like a creepy way, but kind of. Yeah, like not a creepy way, but you're just like yeah. able to see her like kind of um, just like processing what, what's happening or just like getting the the full picture. I don't know. Which in life, there's no way to see people like that unless you are being creepy. <laughs> Yeah, and there's like a lot of moments where it's just right. There are a lot of moments there's just like Francis, just like just her. So I think in a way, like it is, it is a very lonely movie. Like yeah. it's like as goofy and as like eccentric as she is as a character. Like there are moments of just like pure isolation that you get with her, and it's, it's, um, it's, it is sad. Yeah, I think that's definitely like a theme, at least in the first half. Um, I kind of wrote down kind of the overarching theme. Oh yeah. Give it to me for what I thought the movie is like ultimately about. And it's like not super um, like uh, genius of me, but kind of what the basic idea I got was figuring out who you are. Like ultimately Mm. her journey was like figuring out just like what she wanted out of life and um, like who she was ultimately. Cause like, trying to be the dancer one of the very first scenes of the movie the teacher who was such an angel um kind of mentions passing that she's like i got all this paperwork to do another time she mentions the studio is not doing well and so there's this like need in her community and somebody who like wants her for something where she's like Mm. the what ends up being kind of like the job she takes and kind of a role she finds that she fits better in which is like kind of helping run the studio and helping choreograph is right there in front of her at the beginning, but she's too hung up on this old idea of being a dancer that she can't get past. And so a lot of the movie is just like realizing that like, oh, I don't need to like change where I am or or what I like um, the people I'm friends with. I need to change like what choices I'm making and like how I'm viewing the world and like ultimately getting to know who I am and like how I'm going to be happiest. You know what I love about this movie? And it, this isn't the theme of the movie. I kind of, I kind of just, um, it's like an ode to the working class artist. It's like, you don't have to just, just because she takes the desk job and she feels like if I do that, then I'm not, I'm no longer Francis, like the dancer or the choreographer. But in reality, it's like, that's not how life works. Like you can, you can still take like a nine to five job and also like be a painter or like photo, like photograph, like whatever. Like, I just love the, like she was able to shed the outer layer of just like, like the facade. Yeah. Or just like not even the facade, but it's almost like just like she was able just to mature in, in, in like kind of like grasp reality. Yeah. Like, like I can do both. It's fine. Maybe yeah. it's not exactly what I pictured and not what I had in mind, but I still have like the privilege to do this. Yeah. The only reason I like say that is because she kind of references that Greta does because she was saying that, like she was just talking about like she has so much admiration for people that 
like I said, like work nine to five jobs and then like also do stuff with their community theater group or like she was referencing her dad who, who um, worked a regular job, but then also did stand up. Like there, there are avenues to which you can still like pursue, um, like pursue like the art, like an artistic venture. Creative expression. Yeah. Creative expression for sure. So I also, that, I don't think that was the overlying theme, but I just like that kind of being like the end, like kind of like, um, yeah. Ra- uh, I don't know, like, and, and thesis, does that makes sense? And is the value in art, like it's success, like it's commercial success. Right. Yeah. The scene where she does her performance or has the conducts her performance. So, you know, choreographs, yeah. um, and all her friends are there. It reminded me a lot of Rushmore at the end when he does his play and there's kind of all these people have helped him get to this point um, there to kind of see this. Definitely. Right. Um, And I kind of had a note that going to France um, um, is kind of like a Mm. rebirth moment in the story because she comes back and that's when she kind of starts. Because um, when she comes, sorry. No, no, please go ahead. I was losing my, I was losing track. No, right. Cause yeah, you're right about that because when she comes back, she takes like a, she takes um like literally like this is gonna sound rude it's not but like she stoops low enough to work like um she's she's at her college she's like working at her college it's like a summer camp or something but yeah 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 that was hilarious you really do you really do have to um humble yourself you have to like humble yourself Mm -hmm. in order to do that so i think you're you're right i love when the the other ra is kind of like Oh, you're not a student. She's like, no, actually, she's like, I thought you had to be a student to do this job. <laughs> cracked me up. She was like, no, I'm out of college. I think she's like, I'm 27. Or I thought she's like, you look old. <laughs> not that old. Not, I'm yeah, that's right. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and even the going to France too is like, like that. That is, um, I feel it is like viewed as like a failure. Not a failure, but like <laughs> yeah, her no. just being like. Like totally. she didn't, she wasn't able to like, she didn't find, like she didn't find what she was looking for. Also when she gets the phone call, <laughs> yeah, Oh my exactly. God. So she gets, so she comes back from France. Like while she's, she's in on France, the she's taxi, to, like to the up. airport. No, I think she's like home. I think she's on her way home. Oh, that's even better. For some reason I thought she was like going to the airport to leave. No, I, yeah. So she's trying to hook up a, with a friend in Paris and then she lands in New York is going home. And then she gets a voicemail from her friend being like, Oh my gosh, like I'm so happy you're here. Like I met this really awesome guy. I think you love him. Like (laughs) this is perfect timing. And you're just like, oh, Francis can't catch a break. And like we've we have a poet and we have an architect that are coming to dinner and it's gonna be so interesting. (laughs) And it's it's funny because it's you're talking about it not living up to her like the classic um, tr- French vacation in a movie where they rediscover themselves. Um, and that was like the dinner that would have been yeah. that, like that movie where you meet the exactly. poet and you meet the cute French guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, she just missed it. <laughs> I know. Poor Francis. Another cool example of like the mo- movie feeling lonely or like one moment that I thought really exemplified that there's the great phone call when Greta. Oh, with Sophie. Yeah, we're, there's a great phone call where um, yeah. Francis and Sophie mm-hmm. are talking while um, Francis is in France. That's actually hilarious. Right. Did you realize Francis in France? Oh, I didn't even pick that up. That's weird. Um, I, I was doing I was doing Francis in Paris. I there it was right there in front of me, <laughs> Caleb. But I didn't. Um, so they're talking on the phone, and there's just this great um, mm-hmm. 
difference in the way their environments are set up. Hmm. Sophie is now in this like big study and it's like got these like where there's like this big walls of books and, and wooden shelving and it's like beautiful and rich feeling and and posh right. and mahogany, you know. And um and then Greta is sitting like alone, kind of like frazzled in France. At a cafe, right? <laughs> yes, like yeah. doesn't speak French, doesn't have like money. Um, and it just like shows how that disparity in the direction their characters are headed in this moment of the movie and kind of that mm. exemplifies that theme of them kind of growing apart where literally at this point they're like in they're just in two opposite. different stages right like yeah but then yeah. also like sophie's kind of like uh, from the outside looking in sophie like found a she has a partner like mm-hmm. you know she's quote-unquote happy with him but then in the movie like literally she gets drunk and just kind of like reveals that basically how unhappy she is with with patch or fiance and all this stuff. Yeah, that was interesting. I thought that was kind of cool how they, um, they almost have like their last night together where they know it's not real. And she's like, they do their life dream together. Like back again. To reality. Yeah. Like when they're both in the college or in the dorm room. Yeah. When she's drunk, it's kind of like this like moment where they both daydream. They're both like, it's like their last whim of their friendship dying. I know, it's very sad. Yeah. And the, or, or this stage uh-huh. of their friendship dying. We're like, no, we're going to do this forever. And they're we're in college. They're literally in their college dorm laying in bed together, you know, and then they move on after with just a note. Sophie leaves in the morning and then she's literally running after her. It's like, you're like running after the last shreds of, of your friendship. Yeah. This is a romantic comedy between Mm -hmm. Sophie and, (laughs) and Francis for sure. Yeah. I'd say so. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Um, Oh, in the very beginning of the movie, um, Francis is in a relationship with a guy and he's going to buy hairless cats. And I just wrote <laughs> big red flag. If my if my significant other was interested in buying hairless cats, Caleb, they're creepy. No, thank you. I'd be out of there. So respect <laughs> to her. Also, I also like when she's when um like oh like you're gonna be a weird a single guy with two cats, and then he was just <laughs> yes. like. Why would I be single? And then she's like, well, we're not moving. Like there was just like the Dude. unspoken breakup. I loved that. Well, and that scene was hilarious to me <laughs> just in general. It's hilarious. But this time it was funny because the guy keeps going. I feel like the guy's trying to bait her into like begging him not to break up with her. Cause he goes, you know what? I don't think this is going to work out. Right. Wait, why would I be single? And it's like, well, you just broke up with her. Didn't you? Like, what does this isn't working out mean? And I, I, he kept going back and forth and then he's like, all right, well, maybe we should end this. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to, she goes, all right, well, I'm going to take off. And he's like, wait, you're leaving. And she's like, yeah, mm. we just broke up. Like, <laughs> and so I think he was, um, he was trying to get her to be like, no, I don't want to break up. We can make this work. Yeah. And so every time that she's like, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that's how it goes. I guess he's like, wait, stop. Like, no, no, no. You're supposed to fight me. <laughs> Real quick, another thing I did I did like Patch and Sophie, the relationship between Greta's best friend and the and the fiance. Oh, that was funny. They're kind of like on and on on and off again energy. Um yeah, they I thought they were they were great. Yeah, I really liked Sophie. Um she was played by an actress named Mickey Sumner. Yeah. She actually auditioned for the role Rachel, who ended up being played by Grace Gumner or Gummer. I can't read my handwriting. Fun fact about Grace Gummer, she's the daughter of Meryl Streep. She looks like Meryl Streep. That's right. Yep. And her husband is actually Mark Ronson, the the musician. Oh, wow. Oh, real quick. Just another funny thing where 
Francis had a performance and Sophie and Patch uh, go see it. Yes. Like, oh, you're so great, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know who did, but like someone, either Patch or, or Sophie is like, you're annoying. And like, does the pretend strangler strangle thing? <laughs> and then Sophie's like, ah. And then, and then like Greta's like, huh, <laughs> kind of does it too. I love that. <laughs> it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to do it as, as an audio, um, as an audio medium, but like, trust me, it was really, really funny. Um, also speaking of patch moments, cause Pat needs his patch needs his due. Yeah. When, um, Sophie's drunk and she's, um, oh, they're, so they're dropping off Greta, Greta. And she's like, Sophie's Francis, like, where do you live? No, she's like, she doesn't even like you patch. Yeah. And, she, and then, uh, Francis is like, I like you, Patch. And then he's like, I like you too, Francis. Oh, I love that. That And I was like, oh, man, stop ripping on Patch, you guys. He's a a good guy. And she ends up married. Last thing on Adam Driver. He's not really in in the movie that much. But it's kind of crazy because he is like essentially uh, Noah's muse. So after Francis Haw, he then is in While We're Young. He's then in the Meyerowitz stories. He's then in marriage story and now he, and then he's in white noise that's insane yeah he like essentially found his actor that he that's wants to work guy. with i kind of love that that's his guy and i thought he was great yes he's dude he's he's amazing in all in all of, in all of noah's movies so um, um you should watch list i'm gonna force a while on your watch list white noise yeah great adam driver I, it's, really it's weird on my, fun it's on movie. my list i didn't watch marriage story <laughs> Oh, marriage story is so good, Caleb. It seemed too depressing. It is, but it seems so sad. It's so good. It's it's a it's a it's yeah. amazing. I'll watch it eventually. Probably. There's another movie after Francis Ha in 2015. Um, Noah and Greta write a movie called Mistress America, <laughs> and I I I've seen this movie. It's it's great. I've only seen it the one time, so I'm struggling to remember. But I was just reading the synopsis. So essentially a girl like lives in New York and then hooks up with her stepsister played by Greta Gerwig. And then the, they kind of just Greta and Greta plays like the adventurous, like, like kind of like happy, not happy go lucky, but kind of, you know, when you say hooks up, not romantically, they're just like, they meet not romantic. No, like, like she's like, I am, I'm going to be your stepsister. Like, let's hang out. And like, let me like show you New York. And I don't know. It's almost like the same character. I've yeah. never even, never even heard of it that's so weird looking at it yeah. right now that's cool yeah. i have to watch it so this came after this yeah. you're saying oh yeah 2015 yeah this is three years later yeah yeah that's fun i like um i like them together i like adam driver and i think his movies tend to veer into um like darker territory like francis ha is like a more up uplifting upbeat one i would say compared to his other films and i was gonna say like he his movies are all about like the character dynamic. Like it's all mm-hmm. about like just people b- bouncing off each other. Yeah. Like, and you can just tell like with just like the dialogue, like the Meyerowitz stories, I think is a really good example of that. It there's like an under uh, underlying like theme of just like, um, I don't want to say darkness, but like, uh, um, melancholy or just like the reality of life like i don't know like not every like this is just these are just stories like you know like life happens things are things bad things happen yeah yeah this is random i just wanted to give a little shout out to the editor of this movie um oh great her name is jennifer lame but she has an Mm -hmm. awesome filmography she edited tenet christopher nolan's film in 2020 
that was must have been extremely difficult. That's a challenge right there. What a different movie compared to this. Um, yeah. She also did Marriage Story, which was another Noah Baumbach film mm-hmm. from 2019. Mm-hmm. Hereditary, an awesome horror movie. Um, oh, 2018. Right. Wakanda Forever, Black Panther, 2022. Oh, wow. And then um, another Bombic one, While We're Young, 2014. Great movie, by the way. My Orowitz Stories, which you just recommended, is now on my watch list. She also edited that one. So kind of a cool. She seems like she does a lot with Noah Bombuck, but then also is veered into these cool, like weird blockbuster territory. Right. So good for her. Yeah, honestly, uh, the editing in this was hilarious. Yeah. The timing of everything was a big part of the humor. Oh, yes, for sure. I would watch list all of his movies if I'm being honest. The While We're Young shout like that. That's a that's a fun one. A little a little more goofy comedy than this, I would say, but I liked it a lot. Definitely a little bit more goofy. A great a great Ben Stiller <laughs> yeah. Adam Driver kind of like Adam Driver's character is very similar to his role in this movie. It's it's fun. Yeah, you're right. Well, shucks, Caleb Francis Ha. Yeah, this was awesome. Um. Yeah. Thank you for p- recommending this. You've been um picking a lot of like um of fun like nostalgia ones that are also just kind of uplifting and inspiring and um really good, nice to revisit. I think yeah. I've I've been keeping a list of movies I kind of want to um just like not share with you but talk about with you. Yeah. Right on. And uh, but also just movies I kind of just want to watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gives me a good excuse just to watch. Yeah. And this this one has been on my mind. Oh, and you know, it's because I was thinking about Lady Bird, and I and I and uh, I watched Little Women, the other Greta Gerwig movie. Have you seen Lady Bird, Caleb? I have. Um, I have. So Lady Bird is Greta Gerwig's uh, directorial debut. That's correct. Also, another reason why I wanted to pick this movie, Caleb. We're about to be Barbied soon. Oh yes, yes. You know, we gotta we gotta talk about Barbie. So yeah, why not talk about some earlier some earlier some Greta startup bomb bomger 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 um, movies. Yeah, did he work on Barbie at all? Did they he co-write? Co- yeah, they co-wrote it. Cool, yeah, co-wrote interesting. It. All right, well, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, yeah, that'll be an interesting movie. Ryan Gosling can't wait to see him on the screen again. Uh, oh, can't what wait! What a star. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll say. Um, it's a really, just a really great movie, and um, I, I imagine most people will probably connect to it in some way. Can I be honest with you, Caleb? Yeah. The best thing about this movie, besides just everything else that we talked about, <laughs> yeah, it's an, it's like an hour and twenty minutes. Like it's it's a nice breezy watch. I feel like now every single movie is just this epic monolith. You know, and and. In in storytelling, it's a great movie in that it just does what it needs to do. It, it keeps it minimal in the best way. Like even even the way the camera is like moving and um and like exists in the in the film, like there's no right. wasted movements. Like it's all pretty straightforward, which gives it just a really like fun grounded um feel to it. Like you just kind of feel like you are just like watching people like live, like you were saying, kind of voyeuristic. Yeah, right. It's just it's just a it's just a um just like an intimate movie about a person's journey through kind of through her um through life. Like yeah. through like her just you know, it's like a, Yeah, um, no bad guys, really just kind of everybody figuring things out and doing their best. It's a story people can somewhat relate to. I don't know. I think but so. It's a uh, yeah, definitely I'm, worth a I watch. Hope people are, I hope people are able to watch it. Okay, Caleb, before we move on, I would like to read some reviews. Oh, yeah, I love that. 
Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, I did this last week. I kind of want this to be an ongoing thing for um, for the uh, featured movie of the week. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read reviews through Letterboxd, right? So I'm going to start off with the people that absolutely hated this movie, and then we'll finish off on a high note. We'll, we'll read some five-star reviews, but you can go as low as half a star, Caleb. So I'm looking at these, and... Yeah. Um, well, these people didn't like the movie. I'll say that much. Yeah, so, imagine. Half a star. We're, we're going to read a few because <laughs> some of these are they're pretty funny. Some are a little harsh. All right. First review is from Sissy Puss. Reviewer Sissy Puss. Half star review. And they say... <laughs> okay. They say, I hate Noah Baumbach. That's the first, that's the wow. first one. Um, that was the whole review? That, yeah, the whole review is I hate Noah Baumbach. Wow. And, you know, I, That's not even about the movie. Well, it's about the director of the movie. Yeah, that's I guess that sums up what you think about the movie too, though. Yeah, exactly. This is yeah. from username Zena. Z-E-I-N-A. I'm always saying their username, just in case you want to follow them. Give them a little shout out. Another half-star review. They say, who the f*** dresses this woman? And why is this movie so overrated? Caleb. I didn't have any problems with the outfits. Do you? Who dresses this woman? Zania. Zania. The credits will answer your question. You don't need to write a review. Good call. That's actually a good point, Caleb. And you know what's cool, too, about Letterboxd is you can go into the details of the crew. Mm -hmm. There's a little crew tab. It tells you everyone that was involved in the movie. So Zaina, Zena, you can see who uh, the costume designer was. And it most likely was Urban Outfitters. <laughs> Was it really? No, I'm just kidding. Let's see. Some of these are just kind of mean. I kind of feel rude reading these. Um, another one. This is from Yellow Laughing C, letter C. And their review is, this felt like I was watching the alt universe of the show Girls. Now, I read this and I kind of, it's not the alt, it's just, the, it's a shared universe. Is it not? It feels like the exact same universe. If they said, I, I felt like I was just watching Girls, the movie Girls, then sure. But alt universe? I don't think this person knows what an alt universe is. And um, let me tell you something, yellow laughing C. It don't mean that. It don't mean that. Okay, final one because I want to move on to I want to get I want to I want to end this on a happy note, okay? This is a long one. It's written like a poem. It's like a list. It's like a list of grievances. Okay, again, this is from <laughs> Bibby Biddy Bob. Biddy Bob half star and they say this insufferable pretentious whiny babies who think life is hard first world problems existential angst based on nothing creating drama because they've never known any this is white with money i'll never relate kept watching for it to get good but it didn't this review is a poem in black and white so it must be good dnf what does dnf mean did not finish. Oh, did not finish. Okay, first off, you can't you can't DNF a movie. That's not no. fair. You can't log in. <clears throat> you can't review you a movie finish. with the DNF. What if at the end of the movie they say, gotcha, this is a whole joke movie? Exactly. They're like actually and they pan away and you're in you're in an art, you're in a film class, film, film school. Five star reviews. This is from username Bambi, and they say, We'll always and forever hold a special place in my heart always blown always blown me away how gerwig and bomba can write such a lovable character 
relatable when I first watched it at 14, relatable now as I investigate, or excuse me, as I navigate the brink of my teenage years abroad. Much love. Love exclamation points. That's a sweet review. That's nice. Okay, this is final review, five-star review. This is from Kevin T. Porter, a guy, he's a podcaster, hey. actor, question mark. Wow. He's a very funny person, and he writes, in 2020, there's a global pandemic. I can't leave my home. I'm watching Greta Gerwig joy- joyously running through the streets of New York City. Five stars. And that, you know what? That's what we want. That's, That's what nice. we want. That's nice. You're getting out of the we apartment like at home. Mm-hmm. So, Kevin, thank you for that review. Thank you for uh, letting me share. Also, if you don't follow Kevin T. Porter, he's, he's a great uh, letterbox follow. His reviews are are fantastic. Thank you for letting me do that. I hope we could have a little theme song for for Ian Reed's reviews. Um, Ooh, yeah, we can work on that. That'd be nice. So, Ian, what was your rating? Did you give a rating for the for this watch? I think I gave it four and a half. Nice, uh, big stars. Um, what, go ahead. What kept it from five? I gave it four stars. I don't know, Caleb. This wasn't. I don't perfect. know. I'm, I'm very Not wishy washy. I think here's the thing. So. It's usually just a gut reaction and I'll just hit, I'll hit a number. I'll hit a star. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I gave it, I gave it four stars, but so I know with, with you right now, you're, you're, you're not, you're not rating movies. And I think I might have to start doing that. I, I, for me, I do it because I'm such a, I'm, I'm a person who just, um, uh, I have a hard time being critical of things or just like even like having it like a, just a, an opinion, which is why I'm doing this podcast with you. Mm-hmm. So I can um, just express myself killed. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I think I might have to stop rating movies because on like me, if you ask me three months from now, this might be a five star movie. Easy. In the moment, it was four mm-hmm. stars. I love this movie. It's a great movie. Um and I gave Royal Tenenbaums a movie I watched this week five stars. Why? I couldn't tell you. That's just what I felt in the moment. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. I think uh, I, I don't think I'm the type of person. You know what? Our you know the rating should just be feelings. It shouldn't be a star. It shouldn't it shouldn't be a cemented star. That's and what I think. No, I'm getting worked up. I don't want to talk about this anymore. But I, I urge people to watch this movie. If anything, it should be. Yeah. No, and I agree. I mean, I think you're feeling bad about not being able to judge it, but I think it's better. No, I don't feel bad. I just think it's, I, I kind of try to do it in order to, <clears throat> it's almost like a practice. Like, how do I feel about this movie? How can I like, like, what are my, what are my observational thoughts? Like, what are my critical thoughts? Yeah. Force yourself exactly. to think about Just like it. analyze what I'm feeling, yep. but then putting in a start. I don't know who the, I don't know. Go ahead, Caleb. What? So yeah, there, oh, I was just going to say the reason I don't do it, when I watch movies, I used to do right. star ratings on whatever app I used back in the day. It would, I would, I would, during the movie, I would be, have a little star exactly. total in my head and I'd be like, Ooh, this is four stars right now. Let's see if it can get up to, you know, and I'd be watching it in the context of like whether or not it hit a certain like, um, pay grade. And then you have to compare exactly. it to other movies. And, and for me, it's just like, well, in I don't, the end, I, you're not really watching it. And I don't, I just like don't want to go into movies like looking at it as like, okay, is this going to be a, a, a mm. red or a green movie? Like, 
I'd rather just like kind of experience it, try to try to see what the filmmaker was trying to do before I try to judge it on whether or not I approve of his decisions. This is a good conversation to have in the future about not prejudging a movie just by just based on what you've heard. Cause yeah. I, that is something I struggle with very, very much. Like there are a lot of movies that I, it's hard, I, I won't even watch. Cause I'm like, I've heard bad things. I won't give it the time of day, but then I know I'm like, dude, I might like that movie. Like you, know, you never know. You never know. You never know. Well, shucks, Caleb, another episode down the drain. Yeah, this was great. This is um, awesome. Um, thank you for recommending Francis Ha. Exciting announcement for next week. Log it. Another movie podcast. Another press release. Extra, extra. We will be having a guest. We have our good friend, Angelo, from the Instagram channel, Cinesplice, will be joining us for a conversation about the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. Um, that's his pick for our featured movie of the week. So we'll be watching that at some point this week and talking about it next Tuesday. Angelo, if you're listening, we're so excited for you to come on. Can't wait. What a pick by Angelo, huh? Yeah, he actually was listening to the show and was excited and we brought it up and we said Ooh. we might come back to it. And that's why he picked it. He's like, not without me, you won't. That's that's what he Yeah, he's like, I have some thoughts mm-hmm. on this actually. That's, exactly, that's what he said. <laughs> if you're so willing, if you haven't already, if you're a new listener, well, thank you first of all for, for listening. That's awesome. But you can follow us on Instagram at logit underscore pod. We're also on Letterboxd. Feel free to follow us on that. We would love to love to hear from you on Letterboxd. And that is logit underscore podcast log it underscore podcast i am at f is for movies on log it and instagram ian is ian.lock is that right that's correct that's correct yeah and then uh feel free to rate and review us on spotify or apple that would be that's that's actually really helpful as well any um any kind of interaction support we can get is really appreciated and um especially right now goes a long way yeah we're gonna we're gonna keep banging this drum until we get um a healthy healthy amount of uh, followers all right caleb let's get out of here because i have to roast some vegetables all right well we'll see you once upon a time in another day <laughs> damn how about i that you say go watch a movie i say go watch a movie yeah i'll i'll finish it off all right i like it and you know caleb we'll see you once upon a time in Holly Weird. (laughs) Nice. Go watch a movie. Go watch a movie, everyone. Thank you so much.